Welcome to the I Give a F1 podcast. My name is Allison. And I'm Lynette. And we're here to discuss the latest news in Formula One. Hey, Lynette. Hi, Allison. So I guess you all are wondering why we decided to start a podcast. And I'm sure you're like, who are these girls? <laughs> so we figured we would start this out by introducing ourselves and giving you a little bit of information about us and our history with Formula One. So Lynette, you want to start? Okay. So I've been watching F1 since about 2010, 2011. Um, and I really started watching I like consistently in 2012, once I started showing the races here in the U.S. Before that, we just kind of had to download um, on the internet and watch whatever we could. Um, but ever since then, I've been watching every year and I've been going to races every year. So uh, it's something that I'm really into and I love watching and I love also going to the races. So I think it's just something really fun. And you said we... Is the we. <laughs> so me and my husband, um, he's actually been into Formula One before then. But like I said, it wasn't very easy to watch races here. So um wasn't something that he watched often, but he knew, you know, the news and updates and stuff. And so he, we kind of started watching together and just got really into it. And we don't miss weekends. <laughs> That's so fun. Yeah. The weekends are the best. How I got into Formula One. Um so as most people did in uh, 2020 with COVID, <laughs> I started watching Drive to Survive and it, uh, my love for Formula One kind of took off from there. I will say, you know, there's a lot of hate towards uh, people that have learned to uh, love Formula One through the Netflix show, but I am here as your representation. I have been... <laughs> A newer fan, but definitely a true fan. I watch it every weekend with my husband too. And um, he he has really found a love for it as well. Um, and I won't disclose which teams he favors yet, but I can tell you it's sometimes a house divided. So, <laughs> Okay, so I have a question. Yeah. You started watching from Netflix. So what made you like be like, oh, oh I want to watch this? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so many people got into it from Drive to Survive. And it's like, well, what made you click on that in the first place to watch it? Yeah. So for me, I feel like a lot of it was how awesome the editing team was. Like the editing team for Netflix, they've recently, I don't know if you've heard about this, but they started um, creating a bunch of different documentaries. So now they're doing Breakpoint which is all about tennis. And then they also have one that's coming out for PGA tour. And so for me, it was a lot about like the editing, how cool they made the driver seem, just the lifestyle. Um, and also the fact that they get to travel the world. It's just mm. so cool. Like <laughs> it's a passion of my, it's a passion of mine. I know it's a passion of yours too. You just got back from Italy, which I want to hear about, but, um, <laughs> Yeah, for me, a lot of it was the, it was the, the, the lifestyle and also um, someone once told me, it's like, if you have a pony in the race, you really start to love it. 
And mm-hmm. I needed to figure out who my pony was. Like, it was like, which, which person or which team am I really going to be rooting for? And, um, and that's what really got me excited and hyped up about it. Yeah. I and I think that makes a big difference then. And you also have the team, the f- people who are fans of teams and then people who are fans of drivers. And that makes a big difference because yeah. then you're just like kind of jumping from team to team or you're just like, oh, I just want to see a good race. You know, I just, yeah. I just want them to have fun. Yeah, <laughs> so like, I think when you have a pony, like you said, a pony in the race, like that just makes it so much more exciting, but also it can be hard at times, very hard at times, but <laughs> lots yeah. of fun too. So you have you have a favorite then, hopefully. We, we don't yes, need to disclose who our favorites I know, right? are and show <laughs> our cards. Maybe we'll wait yet. a little bit and see if people can figure it out. <laughs> yeah. No, I've, I'm. that was one thing we had discussed like when we had talked about starting our podcast was um, do we want to – I think what, what will set us apart from other podcasts, hopefully, is the fact that, you know, we're coming into it with as much of an unbiased opinion as possible um, while also separating the podcast from personal life and what we actually mm. really, who, who we're really rooting for. But yeah. um, I mean, you can't not have somebody you're rooting for. So, but we'll yeah. try our best. Yes. We're definitely going to come into it like unbiased as possible. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so Lynette, I, heard a little birdie told me that you just got back from Italy. I really want to know, can you tell us a little <laughs> bit about your, your trip? Okay. Yeah. So I love You Italy. were gone for a while. I, yes. I was gone for a month. Um, and actually I was in Italy and I also went to um, Dubai and Mumbai. But yes, I was in Italy for first like about a week and a half. And then Um, when we were leaving Mumbai after the new year, we were like, well, we're already over here. So let's just go ahead and stay, like stay an extra week or so. So we just went ahead and stayed and just love Italy so much. And where were uh, you in Italy? Uh, we did Milan, Florence and Rome, which I have been there before, but, um, we kind of went for my sister's birthday, the first half. And, um, she hadn't been to Milan and she hadn't been like in a really long time to Italy. So mm-hmm. we kind of wanted to go back so that she could see everything and like, you know, remember everything again. So, and it was also really nice because it was during the holidays and yeah, different. If you had to pick a favorite so spot in Italy where. Oh, Florence for sure. Oh, really? That's my favorite. Yeah. For Interesting. sure. Florence. Mm-hmm. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. I, I've, I've been to Florence and Rome and Milan, but uh, Rome a long time ago, I lived there when I studied abroad. I studied art history, which oh. is cool. It's something we have in that's, common. Yeah, that's what I studied too. Yeah. So, I didn't go to Italy. I, 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 sh- I wish I knew about that. You know, I would have definitely gone. But Yeah. So you have a TikTok. Yes, I And do. you have quite the following. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And it's about... Um, like, so I wanted to do something about art history, but I was like, well, what can I do to make it a little more exciting to get people, you know, into it more than just like, oh, this is, you know, this painting here, blah, 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 right? It's kind of boring. So I was like, okay, well, let's make it a little bit more about fashion or beauty, something that would catch the attention of somebody who might not be interested in just regular art, right? And so my focus is medieval and Renaissance. Um, history. And so I tie in 
like the paintings with what they're wearing or things that they did That's so um, cool. back then. And then now it's just kind of evolved into beyond fashion and beauty and like the stories about the people from back then and what they did and how, how life was back then. So that's really cool. It just goes to so show definitely uh, Italy is uh, <laughs> a passion of mine and more than more than one way. Yeah. Well, it just goes to show we're women of many talents, not just yeah. Formula One knowledge. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but speaking of Formula One knowledge, I, ju- I did want to say that, you know, we are not your experts on Formula One. You guys, you know, we- we'll be leaning on you as well if you want to chime in and message us and let us know different things that are going on that you've heard. We would love to hear it. Um, We'd love to hear your experiences at the different races. And speaking of races, Lynette, have you been to any races? I've been to a few, (laughs) yes. I have. um, Let me see. I've been to Austin, Monaco, Canada, Abu Dhabi, Singapore, and I think that's it. Jeez. Wait, how many is that? Six? (laughs) Yeah. So let's see. Austin, Canada, Monaco, Abu Dhabi, and Singapore. Five. Five. I feel like there's one more that I'm missing, but no. That's crazy. Okay. So will you rank them for us? Oh my gosh. It's funny because me and my husband, like we do this all the time. Every time we go to a new one, we're like, okay, now which one's your favorite? So my favorite, 100% is Monza. And I mean, the atmosphere is just like none other there. It is crazy. It's fun. Like everybody, I mean, I just can't explain it, right? And I happened to go the year that Charles won the race. So you can only imagine what that was like. After years of, you know, Ferrari not winning a race, it was wild. It was like, I, I mean, our people, like people were climbing the fence. People were walking around with like um, the signs from the sponsors, like right. the DRS sign. Like, I mean, the flag, it was, it was wild. Insane. And yeah. And when I went, I specifically bought our tickets so that we can sit under that giant, like that huge Ferrari flag that they um, roll out like right before the race. I was like, we have to sit under there. And it was perfect because we were right at the end of it, like the bottom part where you hold on to it. So it's like you could be, you were under the flag, but then you could still see everybody, like the excitement. And and I love the flyover. That's like the best flyover, I think. Um, But yeah, that's Yeah, with the Italian colors. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm a little bit of a fan of Italy, let's just say. (laughs) Okay. So what's your least favorite Uh, race that you've been to? I would have to say Monaco, probably. Oh, interesting. As far as like the race itself, I just feel like it's not really much about the race. Um, the seats are kind of um, like you you don't really feel like you're in on the action, I guess. And, and maybe see? it depends like where you, yeah, yeah, like I feel like you're pretty far away. I sat in front of the the pool area. And it was really nice. Like you have a great view, you have all the yachts around you, but I feel like the, 
it just, there's so much going on. And then you have a car passing by like real quick. Right. And so it kind of, you know, it doesn't feel like you're in that race atmosphere. And it's so, also, it's, it's very hard to get around. Um, it's, you know, really small place. So it's, it's, it's different. Right. So do you agree or disagree with um, some of the drivers recently coming out and saying that, you know, they, they wouldn't care one way or the other, whether or not Monica was, was on the race list. Do you think it's worth keeping or? I see why they say that because I think it's there more just for the history of it, which I, I don't think they should take it away, but I think maybe something else needs to be done to make it a little more like, so that it has more value, like for the drivers and for the teams. Right. Cause right, right. now, I mean, everybody's like, Oh, if you don't get pole, that's it. You're not right. going to win. And it's, I mean, it's not always the case, but it's something crazy has to happen for, for it to not be that way. Yeah. But it, I mean, I would, if you're a fan of F1, I would recommend it just because, you know, it's part of the history and I've never been to Monaco like on a non-race weekend. So I think that's a good time you get to go to Monaco and right and see the race. But yeah. I've been to Monaco. Um actually we went in September and we absolutely loved our time in Monaco. I had been to Monaco before, did just like a day trip. Um, back in, I want to say it was like 2016, 2015 or 2016. Um, that was my first time in Monaco. And I thought, wow, what a magical place. Like it's gorgeous. The buildings, the, just the, the lifestyle, the people there, it was just really interesting. And then when we had the chance, I had the chance to go with my husband, um, in September, I said, yeah, like, let's absolutely do that. Like, let's spend a whole like couple days there. And so we did, and and it's so amazing. You know, you you see all of the the huge like you see all of these like amazing cars outside of oh, the yeah. casino. The casino is like such yeah. a scene. You know, it's you walk in, you it's I don't know, just Monaco in general is and, is a magical. And you can imagine it on F one weekend. I mean, the yeah. cars that we saw. It's insane, right? And not only that, but so during the day or like after practice and and after the race, like you walk around and you just see like the way people are like going about their day and living life. You're like, oh my God, this is insane. Like, you know, you have like people with just money to spend, just doing whatever. It's it's wild. Like it's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, so, okay. So favorite track for you was our favorite race for you was Monza. Least favorite Monaco. Mm -hmm. Is there one that surprised you that you've been to that you were like, oh, wow, that was actually really fun. And I didn't, I think maybe my expectations were lower. So the one that surprised me the most, I think would be Canada. Um, yes, because I I guess I didn't know what to expect. And when I got there and this was like, so I had already been to Austin races and back there, Austin races were not like what they were this last year, right. That you went to, it was, it was like kind of, eh, right. Austin was not one of my favorite races. Um, 
And so I went and the atmosphere was really like fun. They had music. They had like all of these um, stands and like interactive things that you could do. Um, There's just a lot more to do. And I was like, oh, well, I didn't expect it to be like this. And like the fans would go like dressed up. Like there was um, a bunch of Max Verstappen fans like in the orange. That was like the first time I saw the, you know, the orange orange army. Yeah. (laughs) Orange army. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And um. So it was, it was definitely like surprising, I guess. I didn't expect it to be like, oh, because I'm like, oh, yeah. this is Canada, right? Wait, like, Canada. <laughs> there weren't any Latifi fans there or? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that was before Latifi, but um, they had okay. a section, um, they had a grandstand and it was for Stroll and oh. they were all wearing red hats, I guess like for Canada, right? Oh. And I remember Sebastian Vettel was like, oh, I, it was great to see all that grandstand full of Ferrari fans. <laughs> like, with, um, but it was Stroll fans. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so, so yeah, Canada was a surprising one. And um, the other two that I wouldn't say I'm surprised, like I was expecting it to be really good was Abu Dhabi and Singapore. Those were like what I expected. Yeah, there's a lot of hype surrounding those, and yeah, I feel like they probably lived up to the hype. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So Austin used to be down at the bottom of the list, but this year they definitely made up for all of those years that it was kind of like, eh. like yeah. But I guess you got to just enjoy, like you were there just to watch the race, right? It wasn't like we're here to like listen to music and party and have like crazy time it was like oh we're here for the race and then we're leaving yeah <laughs> and this yeah, year it was a lot different for sure for sure so so tracks I visited so I did I visited Austin that's where we met this past year um and I have also been to Monza as well mm-hmm. and um so Austin I felt like so I I went actually the year before last as well. So what we it was our second year going to the Austin GP and it was interesting the first year. We had seats in I think it was turn 19 and it was up in the stands. We were really high up. It was super hot, like so 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 hot. And I think you remember what the situation was with concession stands and all of that at the Austin GP two years ago. It was like no water. There were lines that were just like ridiculous lines to get food and water and everything. And I think that since that was my first experience at a race, I just didn't know what to expect. And I didn't really come prepared to have those expectations. And so for me, it wasn't the best time. Although I I loved, you know, watching the race that that for me topped it all like I was like I will totally come back if you know this time next year maybe we can get a little bit better seats <laughs> so so then this last year came around we did the the I think it was is it called a hospitality suite where we were the main grandstand so they have different there was a yeah, there was the main grandstand, but then behind it, there was like a hospitality suite area mm-hmm. or some sort. And of that's beginning. new. That was new for this past year. Yeah, that before came it in was just and and yeah, that I think that made a huge difference. Before then, you just had the they call it the velocity lounge, 
and it's, you know, it's supposed to be like air conditioned and you have bartender and stuff, but it was a mess. Everybody is just like sitting on the floor. It was like, you Crazy. didn't want to be in there because it was, yeah. But You're probably definitely... just in there to be out of the sun, honestly. Yeah. Because <laughs> the Texas heat ain't no joke. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So when, so this past year we had actually, my husband had surprised me on the way to the race. He, well, we, I was under the impression that we were going to be sitting in turn 19 again. And then on the way to the race, he was like, Hey, by the way, surprise, surprise. I got us grand grandstand tickets. And I was like, Oh my gosh, are you serious? I was like, you're lying. He's like, no, no, I'm not lying. Like we got, we got grandstand, like we're going to be there. It's like, Oh my gosh. So we, uh, he surprised me with that. And then I guess it also came with the same like tent tickets. But what I loved about it was that it was a place for us to meet people because there's a lot of times where you're just there with your friends, you go and sit down or you wait in a line to get food and you go back and you sit down again and watch the race. But this was really nice because there's those two hours or one and a half hour windows in between, you know, either qualifying or free practice, whatever. And we really got to connect there, which was great. Um, and you know, have a couple cocktails in the shade. Yes. <laughs> so, so for me, um, you know, it was, it was a really pleasant second year experience there. That's and good. Think, I'm glad you went back. Yeah. <laughs> Tried it yeah. again. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Monza for me was magical. Like <laughs> I know, you know, yeah. it. it was just, I think it's something, I don't know if I had mentioned this to you or not, but it's something where you, you're, you're in a space. It's almost like your team goes to the Super Bowl and also hosts the Super Bowl. You Mm -hmm. know, it's like, but every year that's how it is for, for Ferrari fans in Monza. Um, You know, they, that's the home of Ferrari. They, live and breathe Ferrari. And so being in Monza was just this really absolutely magical experience. And um, I think Charles had gotten second, am I right? Second in that race. And so for me, like that was, that was cool because even though, you know, he didn't get first, it was like he got first place. Like I think as, as long as Ferrari is on the podium, it's, you know, it's good. It's going down. Like it's <laughs> a part. The fans, yeah. The fans get crazy down there. And yeah. And I just felt the need to bring this up. <laughs> Be prepared when you go to Monza. There is a token system. So you essentially have to show up with cash to buy tokens to then buy food and drinks. And most of the time, they do run out of food and drinks. So my husband and I, We knew this going into it. Thankfully, we had been prepared by um, some of my followers on Instagram because I had uh, mentioned it and some people sent me like a Reddit article about the token system. So we were like pretty, pretty prepared by the time we got there. And we bought a bottle of champagne, Prosecco, not champagne, um, Prosecco and sat in the park, you know, that little park where you walk in. Oh, yeah. You walk through the park. The big park that you walk in. The huge park. We sat there with our Prosecco and just cheers to the day and had an amazing time. Um, and also I noticed, I don't know if you noticed this, but people bring snacks in 
their backpacks. I'm, yeah. And I noticed that I think in Austin now too. Um, okay. But uh, in Monza, I remember like they were looking through everybody's backpacks and bags and I guess electronic stuff or something specific that they were taking out and people, chargers, were, yeah, they chargers. were like, oh, we'll just go put it behind that tree or that bush. Yes, It'll that be fine. No one's going to steal it. And we're like, what? Or they're like, or you just throw it away. And so I just saw everybody doing that. And then on the way out, people were like, everything was there. People were like, okay, let me go pick up my stuff. I'm like, wow, that's nice. Honor system. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Honor system. (laughs) They took my portable charger and they were like, don't worry, we'll leave it on this table right here. And you can just come and get it after the race. I was like, no chance. I'm like, yeah, I charge your back. But I found it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So, um, yeah, so that's obviously between Austin and Monza being my two experiences. I think you Mm -hmm. can guess which one is my favorite. Um, We had tickets to Miami and um, had some circumstances come up that we are not going to be able to make the race. So we are currently selling our tickets to the Miami race. So Lynette. How did you get those tickets? Oh. um, Like, did you get them you know, when they went on sale or? Yeah. So uh, Bryant, my husband, he has, he signs up for these like email notifications Mm -hmm. and sometimes they work, sometimes they don't is what we're finding out. But the, he did get them and was able to get in a room and purchase. So they were their grandstand tickets. So uh, Lynette, (laughs) (laughs) you want to buy them from us? (laughs) Do you have Austin tickets yet? No, not yet. Okay. So I was, I got the email notification. I was in Italy. I was on the train and I was like, I'm trying to get these tickets and gone. Like I tried multiple times. Yeah, they're gone. I'm like, yeah, I'll figure something out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's. (laughs) We're going to have to pay pay higher prices for those tickets. I know. And then we looked at Vegas for this year because we definitely want to add another, another race just Mm -hmm. to our docket if we can. Um, but you tell me what you think about those Las Vegas prices, dude. I don't know. I, I, we'll see how it is. I'm going to watch from home. I don't think it's like a place right now that I'm like, oh, I have to go to that. I kind of want to see how, how it is because that's going to be a whole different kind of fans there. It's yeah. going to be a whole like definitely different than any other race. So yeah. I'm going to wait and see how what the feedback is on that. Yeah. One. Let's let it pan out for the year <laughs> and then, uh, and then decide. I thought about uh, Canada. So, mm-hmm. you know, might be at the right time, right place. And maybe we'll end up in Canada for the race uh, this year. But I'm, I like, I like your feedback on Canada. So yeah. No. And um, we were actually going to go again in 2020, but obviously that didn't work out. So it's, it's a track that I go back to. So, and it's what nice. was the it's weather really like? Um, September, it was, right? It was June. June. It was nice. Uh-huh. It wasn't hot at all. Like it was warm a little bit, and then chilly, like in the evening. You know. Yeah. It was comfortable. Nice. And the city itself is probably oh, it's pretty. really nice. It's really pretty. Um, it's like you're in Europe. <laughs> yeah. So it's really nice. Awesome. Speaking of the temperature, Singapore, if you ever go to Singapore, just be prepared. It is hot. So we're from Houston, so you know all about the humidity. Mm-hmm. There's nothing 
compared to. Are you serious? It was, yeah. Like you just walk around sticky and wet and hot, but. (laughs) Yeah, because you see a lot of the drivers, like, you know, they lose a lot of, a lot of weight Mm -hmm. as they, as they drive that race. And I always thought that's interesting. Like, yeah, they always say that's one of the most, yeah, that that's one of the most, um, like the hardest ones on them because it is so hot and they lose so much weight, like the water weight. And I can only imagine because just us, like just sitting there, you know, you feel it. Yeah, for sure. So which track, if you could pick any to go to next, would you pick? Um, I want to go to Spain. That I think yes. is the next one on our list. And actually this year I was uh, like already planning it out. I'm like, oh, um, so Imola, actually Imola. And I definitely want to go to yes, Imola because Imola. I think their uh, contract is up in 25. So definitely going there before that. And that was actually a plan this year, but we'll see because I did just spend like a month away. So, um, yeah. But I was already thinking like, oh, Imola. And then the next weekend is Monaco, right? So I'll be like, oh, I'll just be, I'll skip Monaco. I'll be around um, in Italy somewhere. And then the next one is Spain. So I'm like, oh, perfect. Spain. And then I'll head back home <laughs> on my way That's out. That's amazing. Okay, I wait. Know. I'll just no, but I don't Spain like, with you. <laughs> I know, right? So we'll see. Maybe we can make something happen. But um, Spain for sure and Imola for sure. Okay. So mine would be um, Spain. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I definitely want to make it to um, Silverstone. Oh. Sil- yeah, Silverstone in the UK. I really want to go um, to the to the to that race specifically because uh, I think it'd be really interesting to see the hype around you know George Russell and Lewis Hamilton and and Lando just, now and Lando all, you know, yeah I want to see who gets the most like rep out there you know mm-hmm. it's like the yeah. Netherlands belongs to Max like you will always see oh, yeah. Max like killing the Netherlands like races with all of his fans like just mm-hmm. tons of orange but I'm curious to see like who's showing up for for Silverstone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and how does it compare to, like you said, the Netherlands and the Max fans to the Ferrari fans in Italy? Like how that com- compares? Yeah. To, because, um, you know, like in the Netherlands, it's just Max, right? Max. And in Italy, it's just Ferrari all the way. No matter who's driving for Ferrari, it's going to be Ferrari, right? And then yep. in Silverstone, you're, you have three different drivers. Um, I think four now this year, right? Yeah. Um, and different teams. So I want to see how it's all broken up. Yeah, for sure. So what are you, one of the the uh, topics we're going to discuss today was what you hope to see moving forward into this next season. So I figure that's a good lead in. Okay. Let's start with you. <laughs> <laughs> Me? Uh-huh. Um, oh gosh. Is this going to give away our favorites? I'm going to try really hard not to. Um, see what I hope to see this season. I would really like to see Mercedes get a little bit higher up in the, in the rankings this year and really, really put it, put themselves in a position to 
be in those top three teams. So just to give us a little more something, you know, it's like Mm -hmm. Max wins everything and, and we know he's an amazing driver and, and, you know, he deserves all of that and more, but I want to see more competition in that top, the top six. Definitely. Yes. The top six. Yeah. Everybody always talks about, oh, the top three, you know, Red Bull, Mercedes, Ferrari, but I want to see somebody else come in, um, so that it's not just the same three every time, because yeah. um, we've already had Mercedes dominate for so long. Um, so as far as Mercedes, like maybe I'd like to see what George can do. Um, yeah, you know, if competing against Red Bull and hopefully Ferrari as well, um, and his own maybe, teammate. <laughs> yeah, and maybe Ferrari can get it together. But I definitely would like to see more teams up there and also not to have, I don't like to see like that same, like the same goes with the bottom, right? The bottom three. Right. It's like, it's always the same. Like, why are you, so it gets to the point where like, well, why are you even racing? Like you're last yeah. every single time. Like I want to see like teams just do a little more. Yeah, absolutely. And not have it be so split up. Yeah. So do you feel like those, you know, middle teams like, you know, your Alpine or your AlphaTauri or your Aston Martins, do you feel like they're going to like bring their level up a little bit more this year? I'm not sure. Like AlphaTauri, I don't know. I don't. Not convinced yet? Yeah, there's nothing that I've seen that like maybe they would, they will, um, I'm hoping Aston Martin, you know, now with Fernando Alonso in there, um, see what they can do with that. But I mean, they had Sebastian Vettel and they didn't do much. So hopefully yeah. the same thing doesn't happen to Fernando. Um, so, and then we'll see how McLaren does because I feel like they right. kind of took a step back. They did. For a while. And poor Daniel Ricardo. I know. <laughs> I mean, how sad are we that he's gone, that we won't see him every weekend? He'll be there. And think? I'm sure he'll be back. I think he'll definitely be back. You think he's going to come back? I think so. It's I been mean, a topic of discussion. For yeah. Sure. <laughs> we had a, what, Ocon leave for a year. And True. Back. If Ocon came back, Daniel can come back, I think. Way to put it into perspective. Because... <laughs> Yes, I absolutely believe that that Daniel Ricardo, with his skill and uh, and his his tenure in racing, that he can absolutely come back if he wants. Um, I hope that he does. I also hope that he enjoys his time off and finds more passion for driving because I definitely felt like this year he was slacking in the in the love for you know his yes. career. So, um, yeah, and I, I, I'm not sure why that happened, but I, you know, I think ever since he left Red Bull, unfortunately, it's been, for him, it's, mm-hmm. it's been hard. Yeah. And it's weighed on him, I think a lot. Um, and you know, he's such, he's such a character in the sport and everybody loves watching him that I feel like in some capacity, he has to come back. You know? Yeah, I think so too. And it, when he does come back, I hope to see him more, like I want to see him more focused. Like I want to see, like you said, that passion back in racing. And I don't 
want it to be that, oh, Daniel, like the funny guy, the fun guy, right? I feel like everybody lost their focus on his driving and his abilities. Right. Now he's just like, oh, the fun guy, you know, he makes us laugh. Look at his smile. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And maybe that was something also that messed with his his mind. Yeah. But I'd like to see him come back and like, I want to see that dedication that passion back to driving and not focusing on um like the character of daniel ricardo right right well we'll we'll to be determined on that but hopefully Mm -hmm. we'll hear something you know by the end of next year and get his his take on where he's at emotionally and mentally so one of the segments of the podcast we're going to dedicate to our top stories in formula one so we've got a few stories that we wanted to discuss with all of you guys and give our take on them. I think the first one we had talked about was the exit of China from the schedule and the possibility of Portugal entering into that schedule in their place. It looks like it's not going to happen. No. And I think a lot of people are going to be disappointed, but we still have 23 races. That's a lot of races. Um, so, and who knows, maybe we'll sneak something in there. Yeah. So, so for me, I was really excited for Portugal. I was thinking like, dang, if they add Portugal, maybe that's where I want to go next. Yeah. Um, I think that needs just, to be a regular. I think a lot of people enjoyed that race. Yeah. That and part. I think, you know, if, if you're asking me my opinion of China or Portugal, I think with China, although it is a big race, you know, they've got those COVID restrictions right now that are going on and just a lot politically going on in China. And I think Portugal is an amazing country, has an amazing culture, something that I would really love to like dig my feet into and just go. Mm-hmm. Like, I just think it would be so cool to add that. But um, I guess for now, it's off the, the calendar. So um, to be determined, I guess, if they'll add it. You know, I'm, I'm honestly surprised they even had China on the calendar again this year. It was kind of not a surprise when they said, oh, it might not be on the calendar. And then when it was officially off the calendar, everybody's like, I mean, kind of yeah. knew this would happen. So you should have planned this better. Yeah, exactly. There was a lot of uh, dragging their feet, mm-hmm. so to speak, on on that. So moving on to the next topic of discussion is did we want to talk about Lewis Hamilton? Let's talk. <laughs> Let's talk about Lewis. <laughs> okay, let me pull up the story. Okay. So I just pulled up the story on Lewis Hamilton. I was just going to read it and we can it's, it's quick, so I'll just pop through it and then we can discuss. Lewis Hamilton's new contract could be a two-year extension, which might bring him up to 4,400 million euros in total. According to reports, Lewis Hamilton's new contract could be a two-year extension, and Lewis Hamilton is on currently on a 45 million euro contract plus a 25 million bonus in the event of a world championship this year. It's reported that his new contract might bring him up to 400 million in total. In total, with Toto Wolf wanting him as a Mercedes ambassador. I think we had, um, I had recently seen that Toto Wolf was quoted saying, you know, Lewis is 
part of the team. The team is part of Lewis. I don't see any reason why we wouldn't extend, yada, yada, yada. So everyone is just sort of waiting with bated breath, trying to figure out when this contract will be signed. So do you think he'll come back? So what do I think? I think, yes, they should extend his contract and I will be devastated if they don't, not because he's my favorite driver or anything, but because he defines the sport and he is just an amazing driver and I want to see more. I want to see more. I think a lot of people feel the way you do. He definitely has a huge, (laughs) huge fan base. And I mean, you think Formula One, Lewis Hamilton, you know, but I'm not too sure about that. I kind of have to wait and see how this year is going to pan out for Mercedes. Um, If they're not fighting at the top, I'm not too sure if he will come back. And I know they always say, oh, of course we'll sign a contract or of course they'll be back and blah, blah. And then a week later, they're like, you're fired or, you know, something like that. (laughs) So can't trust what any of those people say. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that better not happen. No. Um, (laughs) No. Well, yeah, you're right though. I guess we'll see how the season goes and Or or maybe at least another year. Like maybe he'll be like, okay, I'll give you one more year. And if you're not giving me a winning car, then I'm out. I mean, he already has seven championships so so do you feel like it's lewis's like the ball is in lewis's hand here or do you think that it's more he would stay if mercedes kept him um i think he would stay if mercedes was giving him the car that like he had previously the winning car right so, but you don't think he wants to stick around with a, with a mediocre car? <laughs> no, definitely not. I don't think so. Yeah. yeah. Especially um, with him having – I feel like he has so many other interests or um, things that he does outside of F1. I feel like why would he stay instead of going and pursuing other things? Right. At this point, you know, he's already accomplished so much. Why stick around? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think, um, you know, he's not going to want to stick around with a, with a, you know, losing formula. So it's like, why would he continue to just be at the middle of the pack every week? It just mm-hmm. would be frustrating, especially when you're, um, you know, a world champion at the extent that he is. So, yeah. And I saw a little bit of that in the beginning of this year that he, you know, would say things like, that's it. The it's over. Like we're not going to win. The t- like he was already just being so negative and so down within a few of the races. Um, and it's like, okay, well, it's true, and maybe that's how you really felt. But I feel like he just it was too quick for him to already be so negative about it. So right. I think it really affected him, which I understand. You know, you've been winning so many years in a row, and then all of a sudden you're like, what's going on? Like, yeah, it's over. (laughs) I'm never going to win. So because of that, I feel like he doesn't he doesn't want to be like not fighting at the top. So. Right. And do you feel like. This year, George has what it takes to prove that he is competing at that number one driver position? I think so. I think so. Last year, he really did show that he was capable of 
you know, being that number one driver. And now Lewis, you know, his his position is at stake. So maybe he doesn't want to stick around to watch the watch the demise of his own career. Yeah, (laughs) I feel, you know, kind of like what Nico did. He said, I won the championship and that's it. I'm out. I'm going out on top. And, you know, that's kind of how you you could only wait around so long to until you realize, okay, that's that's it. Okay, so the last thing we wanted to talk about, which is big in the news right now, is Andretti and Cadillac team and what's going on with that. Uh, do you think they'll make it into F1 or not? And what do you think about the negative reception they're getting from the rest of the teams? Yeah, um, well, I think that obviously the the teams don't want any more competition. <laughs> like if you were asking me, do I want to, you know, potentially have more people to race against every weekend to win a world championship, the answer would be no. Um, So obviously that would be my stance if I were a driver. Um, I did read somewhere that Toto Wolf now sees the Andretti partnership with Cadillac as a positive. So I am seeing some reception, some good Mm -hmm. reception with that. I want to know what happened to get him to change his mind. Yeah. Which I think is weird. I feel like the top teams would be like, sure, come on in, right? Um, I have nothing to worry about. I'm at the top. New mm-hmm. teams normally don't just come in and give them competition. So I want to know what's really going on with that and behind the scenes. What are they yeah. afraid of? <laughs> well, and I think having another perspective, having another voice advocating for them mm-hmm. on the track could be a good thing. Um, you know, it's... I think we all know that the FIA is a bit unorganized in some aspects and in a lot of aspects. Mm-hmm. And so maybe having um, having another team to back them up on certain things, um, you know, it, it could prove to be to create more change in in their world. So I don't know. I mean, I definitely find it interesting. I think Personally, for me, I feel fearful of another team being on the track because I already feel like there's enough craziness going on as far as, you know, just safety cars and accidents and all of the things that could happen, adding two more cars to that. It's it's a little nerve wracking to me to think about, but having another team to root for is is interesting and it'll be Hopefully it goes through, mm-hmm. but but I have my reservations on mm-hmm. how I feel about it. To me, I'm all for it, but as long as you can give us a car that's going to be in the fight, at least like in the midfield, right? Don't come in here and oh, we're lost every day, every weekend. So like, right. make it worth that fight that it took to get into Formula One. Yeah, absolutely. I'm reading this this statement that says uh, Andretti claimed a few days ago that McLaren with Zach Brown and Alpine were his only backers currently on a grid for which the 200 million entry fee would no longer be enough. And there would be talks of raising it to 600 million with the new Concord agreement in 2026. 
So I guess we will see. They're making it difficult for sure. (laughs) They are making it difficult, uh, but he seems pretty, pretty set on, on realizing his formula one dreams Mm -hmm. of having a team. So good luck to him. (laughs) And I think, I think with the name, the Andretti name, I think that would, would be a positive. Okay. So the last thing we wanted to talk about today are some upcoming topics for new episodes and what to expect on our podcast moving forward. So as y'all are aware, we are in the off season. Preseason testing starts in February and we have no Formula One races to report on at the moment, but we would still like to meet up and film some podcasts for y'all, record some podcasts for y'all and talk a little bit about some upcoming things. So one would be a uh, drive to survive. Lynette? Yes, that's also in February uh, the 23rd, I think. We're getting it a little mm-hmm. bit earlier this year. Usually it's March. So March. I'm sure there's going to be a lot to talk about there. Um, yeah, so... we wanted to poll y'all and see if you think that we should cover, do like a recap episode. Yeah, we can do either the full season or maybe split it up into, I don't know, three, four or half. I don't know how many episodes there's going to be, but we'll definitely, I think, be talking about it since that's the the popular thing right now in Formula One. So, And we want to hear from y'all. So if you have any questions, if you have any comments, any feedback for us, let us know. We will definitely, definitely take it um, to heart and use it moving forward with our newer episodes coming out. Eventually, we would like to have video, although right now we are audio only. So let us know about your opinions on that if you want to see us on camera. And and hopefully soon we can get that going. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the plan at some point. Um, so Drive to Survive. And then once the season starts, well, once preseason starts, we'll definitely have a couple of episodes. Yeah. Talk about testing and um, how things are looking for the teams and whether we can believe it or not, because, you know, all that talk about sandbagging all the time during testing. Mercedes, Mercedes, (laughs) Mercedes. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, absolutely. We'll we'll talk about the, the preseason. And then once the actual season starts, We would like to do weekly episodes on our thoughts, opinions on the races. So that's where we're headed moving forward. And we are so, so, so excited. And we absolutely are so grateful for everybody who listens. Um, And we hope that you will follow us on Instagram. Our Instagram account is IGAF1 Podcast on Instagram and we have a TikTok. <laughs> IGAF1 uh, we can make one. Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> All social media will be IGAF1 podcast. That's correct. Yes. And um, what's our email? Um, our email, if you want to send us a message, it's, it is hello at IGAF1.com. Awesome. And yeah, well, Stay tuned, guys. We will see you in a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Thanks for listening. 